0: Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte Technology Careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at slash rebates.
1: Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. When Bet is now live in all these states. And the excitement of win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNbet.com to start winning.
2: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now, it's time to drop some knowledge.
1: Good. So welcome in, everybody. The Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love. Zach Kelberman and Zach most of our listeners know that one of your jobs covering the NFL is covering the Dallas Cowboys so I got to ask you this right off the cuff yes sir. especially with the Bronco connections to Dan Quinn as a head coach candidate to Kellen Moore as a candidate how or does this just bad home loss shake things up in Dallas and could that somehow affect the Broncos head coaching search in any way
3: Well, yeah, Jerry Jones doesn't want to talk about it. He says, literally, I, I will not address that at this time right now, but those in the Dallas market, in the media, within the fan base, are calling for Mike McCarthy's head, and 14 penalties in a playoff game. I think it was a record. It's inexcusable. We got on Vic about that. We got on Vance about that. You know, those penalty mistakes are... Coaching issues. Starts at the head coach's discipline, not having them ready to play. So if they get rid of Mike McCarthy, which I think is viable despite winning a division title, they might promote one of Kellen Moore or Dan Quinn. And one of those guys, namely Dan Quinn, is the apple of George Payton's eye, so that would affect their plans. But after watching this game, any Broncos fan, I hope you guys would agree with me, it was not like watching a Broncos game. Call him Dan Fangio. The defense came up small. They could not stop the Niners in clutch situations. Penalty after penalty. They didn't force any game-changing plays like they have in the past. I saw shades of the Broncos, and it should have been the final nail in the defensive-minded coffin for George Payton. If you needed any other... Uh, evidence to hire Nathaniel Hackett and go the offensive route. Just watch today's game. Not Kellen Moore, Nathaniel Hackett. Give it a try because going for another defensive coach is not going to get you anywhere. For all of Dan Quinn's laudables, his team was
1: one and done in the playoffs. It's a no for me, dog. Here's the thing, too. Scott's telling us 14 ties the franchise record for Dallas. 14 penalties. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because – They save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner
3: find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
1: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. If you're Jerry Jones, you really have to kind of look before you leap on this because... Let's say you want to err on the side, Zach, of experience. So you're going to say, well, we'll fire Mike McCarthy and hire Dan Quinn. But just like we've uh, basically asserted for weeks now, if you hire a defensive-minded head coach, you better make sure you've got that offensive coordinator hire locked down. So then suddenly Dallas would be faced with the prospect of how do we keep Kellen Moore in Dallas money I guess would be the only thing you could really do yeah or bumping him up to assistant head
3: coach uh or or getting rid of Mike McCarthy and making them the the head coach but supposedly Jerry Jones loves with the capital L uh Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore he doesn't want to lose these guys they are there for a reason he's seen what each coach can do but in my mind uh, a lot of the same issues that befell the Broncos this season plague the Cowboys today, and I just people regard Dan Quinn as like, uh, you know, a legendary defensive mind. You know, I don't, I don't think he's Buddy Ryan. You know, I don't think he's that good. You know, you can say he's comparable to Vic Fangio. He gets more out of his his team. He's more of a leader. But I need offense. I need to go with where the wind is blowing in today's NFL, and I, I don't think hiring a retread like Dan Quinn. Given, you know, despite his leadership, despite his ties to George Payton, this cemented in my mind that it's not the right answer. Go offense, change it up, and uh, hopefully you made the right choice.
1: Yeah, I worry about, pardon me, I worry about Dan Quinn defenses coming up, or teams coming up small in critical situations, just because, you know, that really was, we we can list a bunch of different factors, Zach, but the number one thing, this is something that Thomas Hall wrote about that I concur with, that. You could boil down as the linchpin death nail for Vic Fangio was team coming up small in critical moments. Is it a game you need to have? Come up small. Is it a, a play you got to have on third down? Come up small. So on and so forth. And Dan Quinn, look, <clears throat> he is a very well respected defensive mind. Like, throw out all the uh, dynamics um, that he brings to the table as a players coach and just that energy we've talked about on this podcast to list him with some of the all-time great coordinators on defense, like Wade Phillips, right, like Buddy Ryan, as you mentioned. That 2013 Seahawks defense, a legion of boom, that was phenomenal. And you could maybe say because of that he's deserving, but how much of that is credit Dan Quinn deserves, Zach? How much of that is credit Pete Carroll deserves? That's, That's hard to say. What about the players? I mean, they had a legendary
3: secondary, a great front seven, a great linebacking core, everyone in their prime at that time. Dan Quinn deserves credit, but I feel like others, you mentioned Carroll, I mentioned the players, they carried him. People talk about Dan Quinn making the Super Bowl, but his offensive coordinator was Kyle Shanahan, a future head coach. It's pretty easy to go that far when you have Matt Ryan in your prime and Kyle Shanahan in his prime as well. So, you know, I, I've I always would have accepted it if the Broncos went that way. They would finally have a leader of men, but that leader wasn't leading in today's game. The the Cowboys weren't ready to play. And it struck me a lot as when the Broncos went to Dallas earlier this season and the Cowboys weren't ready to play. I hate that. It's undisciplined, it's a lack of preparation, a lack of Coaching, quite frankly, competency. And I've said it too often with Fangio in Denver this season for the last three years, actually. I don't want to repeat with Dan Quinn. Please, George, please lick your finger, put it in the air,
1: go get Nathaniel yeah. Hackett and Luke Getze, and hopefully Aaron Rodgers. Which way is the wind up blowing, George? Is it blowing toward defense? I mean, we got the uh, explanation from John Elway when they hired Vance Joseph uh, over Kyle Shanahan that, ho- that coaching cycle that well John what are you doing i mean look at what Kyle just did in the, in uh, leading the Falcons that was a phenomenal season the, the league Zach, is trending toward offense why are you hiring a defensive guy and the explanation or one of them anyway was well you know sometimes you don't fight fire with fire right you fight fire with water or whatever that defense because everybody else is going offense defense is you know we're going to we're going to hack the nfl and go against the green blow up in his face blew up in his face and that's why in this case if i'm george payton as much as as alluring as dan quinn is as much of a history as we might have together in miami i'm Aaron on the side of can you put some freaking points on the board and one last thing on the top uh topic of dan quinn <clears throat> pardon me there's one game i'll point to where you could say critical game big moment outside of his time in seattle uh, and maybe that's an unfair caveat but and that was the NFC title game that launched them to that Super Bowl in which they kind of got embarrassed by the Patriots, uh, where they just basically demolished Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Like, Rodgers didn't even score till the third quarter. That was a game you could say, all right, Dan Quinn had his dudes ready to go. But since then, you know, there's been a lot of games gone by, and you talk about critical moments coming up small. It's a, it's a big concern. That was
3: actually one of the things I've loved about Dan Quinn watching him on the Cowboys staff this year is that he always had his players ready to go. He was always motivating them, and they were were always making game-changing, game-turning plays when the opportunity struck, especially in clutch situations. It's the one thing I want for the Broncos' defense— that's why my my one justification for hiring Quinn was to get the most out of players like Patrick Sertan, Simmons, Draymond Jones, etc. But what I saw today uh, kind of went against all of that. And if that happens in your Cinderella season as defensive coordinator in Dallas, you know, everything. all the stars were aligning this year for a Super Bowl run. And you come out in round one at home against an inferior opponent, quite frankly, and you Commit fourteen penalties. You don't get off the field. You allow players like Kyle Juszczyk and Debo Samuel as a running back to beat you. Uh, it's just again struck me way too much like a Broncos Fangio-led operation, and I want to avoid that at all costs going forward. Never also,
1: did. very, very John Foxian as well. Real quick, let's grab this super chat from Shane Tumanello, and then we got some matters of business to handle. Thank you, Shane. By the way, he says, "Rodgers or bust." I don't think Russell Wilson is that guy uh, anymore. If not, then perhaps we give Drew one more chance. Hard no to Jimmy G or Kirk Cousins. So uh, Shane is referring to one of the big rumors that has gone through Broncos country since Thursday when Mike Kliss appeared on 104.3 The Fan Afternoon Show and said that Rodgers is Denver's plan A for this offseason followed by Russ Wilson, and then he threw out Jimmy G, and he threw out Kirk Cousins as kind of consolation objectives if you swing and miss on either one of those guys. What's your thoughts, that?
3: Um, I think Kirk Cousins is a little underrated. I feel like because he became a meme with you like that and everything, and he's not like a top-tier quarterback, don't get me wrong, but I think you can win with him, especially more so than a Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke, for that matter. The only thing that's prohibitive to me is his financials, $45 million cap number for 2022. I'm not making that trade in the slightest unless Minnesota Minnesota agrees to eat like half of that or more. I don't want anything to do with Jimmy G, though. He's a downright terrible quarterback, and I would say he's a marginal upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. Not that much better. He has all this pretty boy hype, but never produces on that level. If you can't succeed, bro, in a Kyle Shanahan offense where things are spoon fed to you, you're never going to make it anywhere else. I want nothing to do with him. I would much rather go for a rookie quarterback than take on Jimmy G. Jimmy G. That's how far I would go.
1: Especially with the weapons around him, man. Like you should be Dan Marino 1984. All right, let's dive back in here to the chat. Doug Raquel in the Hizzy. What's up, buddy? He says, QB rumors. Good evening, priests. Let's get to uh the other one here. Zach, we woke up Sunday, uh, excited here, right? To have a uh day two of what what are they calling it? Super wild card weekend, yeah. right? Uh to have Ian Rappaport, guys. I'm a little slow on the uptake today. The the word that shall go unmentioned, the CV, I've got it. So does my family. We're battling that. So far, so good and everything, but I'm a little bit, a little bit muted. So roll with me on this. Um, But Ian Rappaport, Zach, reported out of the blue, quote, and just like last year, sources say Russell Wilson wants to explore his options to see what else might be out there for him. Wilson has not demanded a trade, and it's not clear if he will, but at the least, those close to Wilson say he wants to investigate other destinations to see if those would put him in a better position to win another championship and create the legacy Zach, he sees for himself, close quote. Don't hold your breath. I think what Russell
3: Wilson is doing here is what Aaron Rodgers did this past offseason. He's gaining leverage over Seattle and trying to get his way. I read something else right after that report that they don't expect to trade him. They're going into 2022, the offseason, as if he will be the starting quarterback. Schneider's coming back. Uh, the GM general manager, Pete Carroll's coming back as head coach. I think it's the status quo for one more year. This is a make or break. In my opinion for us, for the coaching staff and the front office, if it doesn't work full scale rebuild in Seattle. um, I just think he's trying to buy himself some more power within the hierarchy. He can, he has a no trade clause. He can choose where he wants to go, but Seattle still has to trade him, and they have to find an interested buyer. Um, I I just, I, I think a trade is unlikely, honestly, for Russell Wilson.
1: We'll see, man. You know, I was saying just the last time we were on this podcast, in fact, I think I mentioned this, that it kind of felt like the momentum on that front uh, was fool's gold. But for it to pop back up again because his agent, uh, I forget his name. Uh, What's his freaking name? Mark Rogers uh, is the one who floated out there to NFL media that if traded or if he wanted to be traded or whatever, There were four teams, remember this, back in whatever it was, October, November, that Russell Wilson would willingly waive his no-trade clause. Jacob Foster, thank you, big dog. Appreciate you. And the Denver Broncos were one of them. Uh, The Giants, I'm trying to remember. I think Chicago was one of them. Uh, I can't remember them all off the top of my head because I'm a little under the weather. But uh, the Broncos are on that list, Zach. And then you get back to the whole Dan Quinn thing. How much of a draw would that really be for a guy like Russell Wilson who – you know, anyone that's been on a team coached by Dan Quinn, almost universally, anyone I've talked to anyway, they love him. You know, he's got a great reputation, but Dan Quinn wasn't coaching Russell Wilson. Exactly, exactly. Right? So what are your thoughts? That's exactly the point I was going to
3: make and the point that you've made quite often. It's not like he was his quarterback's coach or coordinator. Yeah, they were on the same team and they interacted. They have some familiarity, but... To me, that's a lot to tie your franchise to, you know, hiring Dan Quinn and going against the green once again with the defensive mind and then hoping that you can trade for Russell Wilson and then hoping that that trade leads to a championship and Russ can go back to his prior form. I didn't see that this season. If they're going to make that trade, it might cost more. You might not get as much in terms of age, but Rodgers is performing at a much higher level. And if you hire his coordinator and Nathaniel Hackett, you hire his quarterback's coach and Luke Getze. That, to me, is a more of a simpatico in terms of what could work between coach and quarterback. I'm not crazy about the fantasy of hiring Dan Quinn and then luring Russell Wilson from another team that Dan Quinn's not even coming from.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because, um, Miguel, thank you, buddy. Really appreciate you. He says, "What's up, fellas? Look, uh, looks like we might have a new head coach by the end of the week. We'll see. I mean, if George, if George Payton Zach is a man of his word and he's going to be comprehensive in that wide net that was cast, he's going to follow through on every point in that net. You know, you got ten fish in the net right now, right? You've, you've you've gutted three of them. Let's just say, if you're a fisherman, you know what I'm talking about, right? There's seven more left to be dealt with. If that's true, then you're going to go." You're going to take however long it takes to to do that, unless you already have a single-minded, myopic coach that you want. Like, I want Dan Quinn, come hell or high water, and then another team swoops in, whoever picked the team, right? Uh, Chicago Bears, about to hire him out from under you, and you go against your better judgment. You go against your gut instinct, and you bite on that. Bring Dan Quinn, all the other candidates go to the wayside. That's the only way, and he just doesn't strike me as an impulsive cat that way, Zach. Well, first of all, uh, they can
3: probably cancel their interviews with Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles, D.C., and Gerard Mayo, the Patriots' inside linebackers coach. Uh, I don't see anything that would warrant a head coaching position for either of them, especially Gannon. Uh, That defense was exposed badly by an injured Buccaneers offense. So it's whittled down, basically, to Dan Quinn versus Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett already interviewed on Saturday. He had a strong interview uh, per NFL Network. Dan Quinn, probably either tomorrow or Tuesday, he's free to interview ASAP now that Dallas is out of the playoffs. If George Payton is dead set on him, and I hope, unlike what uh, John Elway did in 2017, hiring Vance over Kyle Shanahan or the other candidates, I hope he's not going into this dead set, and I hope the, truly the most impressive man gets the job. If Hackett had a strong interview and Dan Quinn doesn't interview as well, Hackett should be the guy that gets it, or another candidate.
1: Uh, If you want to throw that one up, Scott, we'll grab it, whatever he's saying there. Um, I don't know how, but while while we're looking at that real quick, guys, update on our stars goal for the month of January. We're trying to reach 250,000 stars. When we do, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And as you can see here, we are 42% complete, and we have just recently crossed over the 50% mark on the month. So we're just a little bit behind. I have no doubt we will hit it this month. And the only people in the running for that raffle, by the way, are those who contributed to the goal. And here are the guys and gals who might have the uh, most tickets in the hat, per se. Jacob Foster, Zach, look at this, has now reached the top of the mountain. We'll see if he can sustain it. Travis Weber at two. Pardon me, Miguel at three. Rodney Garcia, who's also come on like a hurricane, at four. Shane Daniels, five. Doug Raquel, six. Andrew Baker, seven. Pete Middleton, eight. Jermaine Dotry 9, and Mike Ronquillo, 10, followed by just a few names outside like Josh Myers, Travis Tarbox, Mike Reno, Tim Hoffman, et cetera. So much love. Uh, George Fox, Zach, says, Zach, I didn't like the play calling, so I'm not sure the Dallas offensive coordinator is a fit for Denver. I'm now for uh, Green Bay OC, I think is what he's saying, right? Instead of uh, instead Denver Box for Life, MHH, the best pod for the fans. You're a prince, Thank George. You. Appreciate you.
3: Yeah, you know, Kellen Moore has a tendency to get too cute at times, and it's a lot like what Rich Scangarello brought to the table back in 2019. He's still a really, really bright offensive mind, but being under Mike McCarthy is always going to hold him back. I feel like what the Cowboys should do is fire McCarthy and promote Kellen Moore, let him get a crack at the head coaching headset, but... Uh, I still think Nathaniel Hackett for the Broncos in their position for what they're looking for. I, I've said it before. I'm sure Kellen Moore can get, make a great coach for like the Jaguars. I'm sure Mike or Dan Quinn can make a great coach for like Chicago or Minnesota. That's not the right coach for Denver. The right coach to me is an offensive mind. And that guy screams Nathaniel Hackett and the Getzee combination.
1: Travis Weber in the hizzy. Appreciate your my friend. He says, good evening. Well, if that was a tryout for Quinn and more, did not do him any favors. I'm now leaning towards Hackett. So who were you leaning toward before the game? I'm just, I, I'm trying to remember, Trav. I don't, I don't recall, but um, <clears throat> I mean, look, it should be a sign from the gods if you're Jerry Jones. And by the way, the queen here, and then Thank I'll get you. to my whole sign thing. The queen jumping in, very generous super chat and she is wont to do. Thank you, Christy. Great to see you. Great to have you in the chat tonight. She says, hope you all are enjoying the night and games today. Thanks for all the great work, guys. We all appreciate it. Thank you. Hats off, my friend. Love you, Christy. Thank you. Um, Where was I? Now I lost my train of thought because I'm not quite myself here tonight, but I'll come back. Oh, uh, if you're Jerry Jones, this should be a sign. All right. You have two of the the rest of the league is telling you you have two of the most coveted right. head coach candidates under your hat right now, and you're at risk of losing them. Take now, the remind hand, Jerry. Remind me of this, Zach, because, you know, I didn't pay close attention to it. But when the Cowboys hired Mike McCarthy, now, of course, he sat out the 2019 season after he was fired, right? Then he comes back into the uh, candidacy uh, cycle. Were there any other teams really pushing, vying for Mike McCarthy or was it kind of Dallas. And that was it. Try Remind me that I I'm
3: trying. He was out of the league and like, he was doing weird stuff like getting into fights at his daughter's pickup basketball game or whatever. (laughs) There wasn't much of a market for Mike McCarthy. Jerry Jones, when he falls in love with someone, Chad, he gets him. He's a lot like Elway in that regard. And he fell in love with uh, Mike McCarthy. They liked, um, I believe it was Lincoln Riley as well in that head coaching cycle, but Mike just stood out. They wanted a veteran guy to take over from Jason Garrett, I don't think they felt comfortable promoting Kellen Moore yet. It was Dallas bidding against themselves for McCarthy services. And in hindsight, that looks like a dumb decision. He will
1: always be just an oaf on the sideline. Indeed. Miguel, Wilson wants to see his options. I think he would want to come to Denver if we make a hard push. I think he would want to come to Denver if we make a hard push for Rodgers. I'm not quite sure what he's saying there, Zach. I need your syntax translation. What would that have to do with Wilson wanting to come to Denver?
3: I, Russ doesn't strike me as the jealous type. So I don't think the Broncos pursuing Aaron would lead to Russ like wanting to come to Denver suddenly. He, he He's going to go wherever who's ever going to pay him the most, give him the most opportunity wherever he's going to win a title. It's all about Russell Wilson at this point of his career whether that's the Giants, like you mentioned, Chicago or Denver, I don't think, like you said, Aaron Rodgers has anything to do with you know one thing or another.
1: Appreciate you, Miguel. But here's the thing on Russ. I mean, if you're one of these quarterbacks, whether it's Russ, Rodgers, and by the way, Scott brings up a good point. You know, Kirk Cousins, uh, $35 million base salary. We've already mentioned that his cap number is $45 million. His base salary $35 million next year. Meanwhile, just food for thought. I'm throwing it out there. Matt Ryan base salary, 16.2 million. All right. But back to what I was going to say here, Zach. If you're any one of these quarterbacks, what I'm about to say might be somewhat contingent on who the head coach hire is, obviously. But you look at Denver as a potential destination for you to go hang your NFL hat as a quarterback, and you see Cortland Sutton, you see Jerry Judy, you see Pro Bowl, all pro caliber left tackle, Garrett Bowles. You know, you see Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, Albert Okaway you see Javante Williams. What's not to like? What? Why would you not want to go there and say, all right, I can make some hay there. Plus, you know, a little bit of the luster has uh, been lost over the last six years. But this is one of the all-time winningest, most iconic franchises in the NFL. Eight Super Bowl bursts, three World Championships. Like, the Denver Broncos, as an organization, Zach, have some juice. And there's a precedent now for when Peyton came here of quarterbacks kind of on their back nine coming to Denver with the right pieces in place and going on to make some magic. My point again, though, is I don't know why Russell Wilson wouldn't want to come to Denver or Aaron Rodgers, for that matter. But for Aaron, especially if they hire away his offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach.
3: Yeah, Think about Russ though. You mentioned the things that he would see. He also would see as you hinted on there, they haven't been to the playoffs in more than a half decade. Now it's also Denver And that type of media market compared to Chicago or New York is very inferior. And Russell and Sierra, they don't strike me as the homebody type. They're all in the PR lifestyle, you know, uh, markets outside of football. I don't think they're going to get that in Denver so much as they would. Even Miami, that's a bigger market than Denver. Aaron is all about football, whereas Russ, I think, is a little more off the field. That's where his concerns may lie going into this part of his career now. I just don't see it as a natural fit for Russell Wilson. That's my opinion.
1: Tanner, good to see you, my friend. What is this now? Two, two huddle-up podcasts in a row that you've been back in the saddle. It's been great to see. We love you contributing to the conversation and really appreciate your support. He says, uh, I'm just showing some love. Hashtag state of being. Broncos for life. We love that, dude. Helping us keep the lights on. Thank you, Tanner. Base Gase. Another legendary super chat superstar here at MHH says, "Is there any reason Zach Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator of the juggernaut Buffalo Bills, is not getting interviewed by the Denver Broncos? The only thing I can I can figure, and I'm going to serve this over to you, George Payton, at some point in the recent in his career in the NFL, has either heard something, crossed paths, something about Dable." scares him off he doesn't like there's something about him that is a non-starter don't know what it is but it i mean if you're looking for the best candidates out there man i mean look what the buffalo bills did to bill belichick i mean total and utter evisceration we're talking malachi crunches man we're talking teeth on the curb boot to the back of the head why wouldn't you want that offensive killer on your team I think that
3: was the worst loss in postseason history under Belichick, and they did it just with authority. It looked too easy at times for Josh Allen and company. The only thing I can think of when it comes to Dayball is that Peyton or other NFL GMs know that Dayball has a job, like kind of waiting in place for him, and that job ain't in Denver. Maybe it's Miami. I think that would make a ton of sense with Tua and the weapons they have on offense. There, dual threat quarterback. That's the one interview that surprised me, or lack thereof, that Peyton didn't set up is Brian Dayball or Byron Leftwich, for that matter. I would have much preferred to talk
1: to them over Jonathan Gannon, Aaron Glenn, and Gerard Mayo. I'm, I'd be curious to talk, no, no doubt, especially when you mention those names. But I'd be curious to talk with Leftwich. But again, hiring the coordinator of a prolific future Hall of Fame quarterback—that's like uh, was nothing before the court that that quarterback. I mean, I guess you could make the argument for Hackett, right? That he qualifies under that same kind of thing, like be buyer beware. But it seems like, you know, his history, he has a little bit more of a coaching history as a coordinator in the NFL than really Byron Leftwich uh, prior to Tom Brady landing in his lap. Andrew Baker, Zach, jumping in. George Payton is a bona fide scout. He'll pick a better quarterback uh, in the draft than Elway. and, uh, And wait, if we have to like, and wait, if we have to like, we should have taken we should have taken Paxton and missing Watson on and Mahomes. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a categorical mistake that will probably forever haunt John Elway. You know, he could have uh he drafted Paxton Lynch, albeit Zach, it was a year prior, but instead of being in position for a mahomes, but even that year, Zach, in 2016, you missed on Dak Prescott. Why didn't you draft Dak? And we know that the Broncos. Um, there, there was some there, there, but they, they, they took Paxton instead and Jerry wanted him too. Jerry wanted the giraffe as well. Didn't Dak like
3: miss a pre-draft flight to Denver mm-hmm. pre-draft meeting. I think that, that was,
1: that was outside of his control.
3: I just didn't something with that kind of soured Elway. I feel like on Dak, but every, you know, every GM has it misses. We can talk about Elway and the quarterbacks, but a lot of teams passed on who are the quarterbacks who named Watson? A lot of quarterbacks pass on Mahomes before they were picked. Look at Aaron Rodgers, how far he fell in 2005 was he drafted. So, you know, it's it's all revisionist history. It's all hindsight. We can go back and ruminate over it, or we can look forward and hope that Peyton gets it right and picks the next quarterback of the future.
1: Colby, how about them boys? Whoopsie. Um, Smith Corona, what's going on, big dog? Thank you for that very generous super chat. Another legendary superstar in this community. says, get well soon, Chad. Thank you, buddy. Had it recently as well. Big ups. Yeah.
0: Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at alliantenergy.com rebates
1: my wife had it uh well actually my son had it first brought it into the house he was sick for exactly a day uh my wife this is day four and this was the first day where she was like yeah i feel much better so you know water off a duck's back let not your heart be troubled I
3: kind of feel like we're all going to get it. It's inevitable. That's what once, they say. At one point or
1: the other. I saw in the comments,
3: though, that Christy is afflicted by it. So best Ooh. wishes to Christy and uh, know that we care and
1: anything we can do to help. Let us. Yes, know. indeed. Prayers up. Lovely. Prayers up. Uh, Josh N. in the house. Thank you, buddy. If we hire Hackett, unless it's fairly certain we would get Aaron Rodgers, which how could anyone know? Why wouldn't Luke Getsey stay in Green Bay as their O.C.? With Rodgers? It's a good question. It's a good question. Because of Matt LaFleur? Well, elaborate.
3: I mean, anyone who's the OC in Green Bay, and this is the ding on Hackett as well, they don't call the plays there. That's all Matt LaFleur. So would Getze want to be stuck under the LaFleur shadow or branch out and maybe actually be involved with real offensive coordinating and game planning? I just think going from Green Bay to Denver would be a step up regardless of title. And, and he's best friends with Hackett. I mean, they literally have a stepbrother's routine down. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a package deal at this point.
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh, yes, indeed. By the way, <clears throat> Christy, that's the regiment that uh, we've been on for a year, by the way, uh, Kevin Smith in the hizzy. Thank you, big dog. Appreciate you. Another one of our longtime super chat superstars. Go large with some big-time stars on Facebook. Thank you, buddy. You demand. It's great to see you. Um, okay, Zach, I know we touched on it at the top of the show, and forgive me if I'm having you repeat something because, again, I'm not quite myself, but what's this about – uh, Van Der Esch being tied to the Broncos, yeah. just a little bit more depth in, into that story. And I can pull up the article.
3: Yeah, it's not a huge deal. Um, a writer from Pro Football Network linked the Broncos to Van Der Esch as like a landing spot in free agency. We didn't mention Dan Quinn being a part of the package, but regardless, they have so many inside linebackers headed to the open market. Kenny Young, Josie, Alexander Johnson, Jonas Griffith, a ton of them are going to be, you know, unsigned players very, very soon. And they have to all they have right now is Baron Browning and Sternod as penciled in starters. Baron Browning, I can get by with. Sternad is not a starting caliber player in the NFL, at least with the Broncos. So maybe for some veteran experience, stability, cheap option. I'm not crazy about it. He's a two down, Todd Davis run stopper at this point of his career. His prime has long passed. You hire Dan Quinn, though. Who better
1: to teach Quinn's system than a veteran like LVE? It's a little bit surprising because he hit the league with just such authority, right? Like he was an instant success for Dallas and to see him fall off the way he has and being kind of relegated to two down thumper guy. That's a bummer, but you know what the Broncos, uh, they have uh Jonas Griffith. That's kind of their wild card. Baron Browning's a guy you can get excited about. I think, uh, Jonas Griffith is a linebacker. You can also get excited about, but it's in a little bit more of a uh, believe-it-when-we-see-it kind of posture. You definitely need to go out there, Zach, and and bring in better options, more proven options, I should say, probably, than than hanging your hat on that. And then we'll see what happens with Josie Jewel. We'll see what happens with AJ. I think if they try to bring one of those guys back, it'll it'll end up being Jewel because of the intangibles. I do want to mention, as KB pointed out here,
3: that LVE did make – he had a pretty good game today against the Niners. And he had a big third-down stop. He was one-on-one, made a tackle – uh, against the running back so it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world but he's a hold the four linebacker he's not the future he doesn't have upside you still want to draft that guy or sign that guy but at least pairing him with ba- Bra- baron browning is better than justin sternad paired with baron browning
1: all right uh clato tornado in the house thanks buddy great to see you a guy who has in recent months become a bona fide super chat superstar appreciate you my friend He says, if we were to get like a Kellen Moore, he'd want a Kenny Pickett out of the draft because his comp, his pro NFL comparison is Dak. But if we get Hackett, would he want a chess piece type quarterback like Pickett or a project like Malik? Um, Well, if we're talking draft only, like we're just saying this is a team Hackett gets hired and the, the kind of the objective from the meta objective is we're going to draft our franchise quarterback and we're going to get started on developing him right now. I think uh, you're going to, you're going to stray from Malik. All right. Malik, the Liberty quarterback to me, Zach, he's just a little too, too raw. Like to me, he's a second round pick. I don't know that I would take him in the first round. Um, I'd want someone a little more polished. Matt Corral is going to need some time. Kenny Pickett, uh, Desmond Ritter. I mean, there are some interesting guys that you could look at, But, uh, you know, you put them in comparison to some of these past draft classes and two of those names I just mentioned probably aren't even first-round considered guys. So it's not the greatest year to be saying we're going hell-bent for breakfast on quarterback in this year's draft.
3: Yeah, Carson Strong is another guy that's in this class they can get maybe in the second or third round. But, you know, I I mentioned this before. Everyone acts like you can only get a franchise quarterback in the first round. It's more likely, but you can look to the later rounds – I don't see Malik Willis being like a Hackett guy. I see Malik Willis being a Brian Dayball guy. So if they want to move off Tua and Dayball lands the Miami job, that could be a landing spot for him. But look at the quarterbacks that Hackett's worked with in his tenure as a OC or a top-level assistant. Blake Bortles and Aaron Rodgers, and maybe you can argue Jordan Love. So I would lean more toward the Kenny Pickett type of quarterback, maybe Matt Corral type of quarterback, than I would Malik Willis. But I would be confident and comfortable. This is the big bonus about hiring Hackett over someone like Dan Quinn. If Whoever quarterback they end up on, I would feel comfortable with Hackett developing him. When's the last time we can say that about a Broncos coaching staff? It's been a while.
1: One of the requirements that Zach and I have been in agreement on as far as, you know, when you're hiring that next head coach, what should he bring to the table? One of them is some bona fide skins on the wall as a QB whisperer. Hackett, you have to reach a little bit to to really make that argument. He's coaching Aaron Rodgers, and you can say, look, Aaron's playing the best ball of his career, or you can argue that anyway. Jordan Love, first-round prospect, hasn't quite developed uh, in the way that you maybe would hope if you're the Green Bay Packers, but at the same time, his exposure has been nil because Rodgers is there, right? Um, Kellen Moore, I think, is a guy that has a little bit more of a proven recent example of really helping a young quarterback turn the corner and develop into a bona fide franchise guy, Brian Dayball, but they're not even talking to Brian Dayball, but look what Dayball did uh, with Josh Allen. Then you look at Kevin O'Connell, the coordinator with the Rams, another McVay guy, and you're not, there's no one there that he really polished pardon me or developed himself. Like you're, you're reaching on, you're betting on that McVay, uh, juice in the same way of Zach Taylor and Cincinnati and whatnot. Honestly, Zach, there isn't really outside of Kellen Moore, and it's still not a perfect fit in terms of bona fide QB developer skins on the wall. Arguably, I guess Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. How could I forget him? He's got some juice on that aspect on on that front. More arguably than Hackett. Um, more even probably than Moore. He'd probably be right up there with Dayball.
3: Yeah, yeah. I feel like, though, if the Broncos were to schedule the interviews after the Buffalo-New England game, Dayball would have been on the list. It's just so impressive what he's done with that offense, even getting the running game going with Singletary and Zach Moss. The enemy, I don't know how much credit I give him when you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Andy Reid around you. It's pretty easy to develop a quarterback. And the same, honestly, could be said for someone like Hackett. When you have LaFleur there, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you have to take a leap. I don't see, though, I mean, you're hiring the head coach for more than just a quarterback asset. You want him to be a leader. I don't see that more or less in Eric Bieniemy given his background. I don't see that in, in Kellen Moore, given his personality and persona. I see that, though, and to Dan Hackett. Quinn's credit, yeah. I see that in his personality. I see that in Nathaniel Hackett, though. The guy lives and breathes football, and even Aaron Rodgers says when he walks into a room, his energy owns that. What better endorsement do you need?
1: Broncos really need that. I mean, that that can transfer through osmosis to your entire team. Uh, Tony DA Dub in the house. What's good, Big Dog? He says, what's up, fellas? Peyton probably uh, back channel on uh, Dayball and Leftwich, probably not interested in the Broncos. So what he's saying is due to the QB uncertainty. So could be. maybe they reached out, made the request, and both were quickly shot down. There could be some truth there, Zach. But remember, the initial reports we got weren't – and the team allow is going to go ahead and let that coordinator interview. It was requested. There was no right. report even that the right. Broncos made those overtures to Tampa Bay or Buffalo. So while you could be right, uh, I err on the side of I don't think Peyton reached out. Look, if it took the Buffalo Bills utterly humiliating Bill Belichick in the wild card round to make George Peyton go, yo, this Dable guy might have some bona fides that's inexcusable uh and i don't think i think whatever the reason pardon me that uh dayball is not on peyton's wish list it's something we'll probably never know and it's something that predates his success or at least over overshadows that his success in buffalo and with josh allen
3: yeah i was gonna say i feel like if they would have turned those interviews down we would have heard about that everything gets reported on either by Schefter or Mike Kliss, it would have come out. All we heard, though, were interview requests for the candidates they went after. So not everything always means something. It could be a case where Peyton didn't reach out because he had his candidates in mind and Dayball and Leftwich weren't on the list. You could argue why Gannon and Glenn and Mayo were, but maybe not. You know, He just didn't see Leftwich and uh, Dayball as viable head coach candidates.
1: David Wilder in the house. Appreciate the support, my friend. Um, Travis Tarbox as well, Evening Priest in Broncos country, watching the show, Denver Broncos for life. Yes, indeed. Appreciate that. You know, and here's another thing, and then we'll grab Josh, a.k.a. Oi boy, boy, a.k.a. my brother in punk rock, here in just one moment. Um, you know, Brian Dayball is an offensive coordinator who, we've as we've already detailed, has his fingerprints on the development of a young quarterback, raw young quarterback, highly drafted, that did not come out of the freaking microwave like perfectly well done. It it took some development, took some time, took some patience, right? That in and of itself is important, Zach. But he also is coordinating an offense completely un... um, What's a good word? Tethered to the expertise of his head coach, right? Because McDermott is a defensive guy. He was the defensive coordinator uh, against the Denver Broncos, for example, in Super Bowl 50, And so, to me, that's even more impressive. Like, if you look at it kind of as a compartmentalized situation in the same way the Broncos were, where Vic was the head coach, but he was more like the head coach of the defense, and you had uh, Pat Shermer, I almost already forgot his name, as head coach of the (laughs) offense, Zach. Again, you you would end up giving more credit to Pat Shermer. Like, if Pat Shermer had generated the type of results with Drew Locke and this offense that Dayball has been able to do in Buffalo, oh, man, you know, it'd be – obvious that it's more about what he's doing and his success is more, you know, based on the the sweat off his own brow than the head coach because Vic Fangio doesn't even watch the offense. And I doubt McDermott's quite that uh, pedantic and blind Zach, but I digress.
3: Yeah. Speaking of the disgraced former Broncos offensive coordinator, you know, I was watching the Bengals Raiders game yesterday with one thought in mind, man, am I happy Pat Shermer is no longer the Broncos OC because you watch Any team, whether it's Zach Taylor or Derek Carr and uh, Greg Olson and company, their offensive schemes are so beyond anything Pat Shermer ever ran. And you make a really good point that I want to just add on to. The Buffalo Bills are basically what the Broncos would have been on paper or in a dream scenario. Which they could have been, right? Exactly, Exactly. Sean McDermott is what everything we hoped Vic Fangio would be, a leader of men who's great on his side of the ball but defers enough and can lead a team enough where he has good assistants around him and uh, trusts them to do their job. And to Dayball's credit, he does do his job. He's the anti-Pat Schirmer. So that's the key to success one way or the other. You have to have good coaching, whether it's head coach on defense, head coach on offense. As long as you have the coaching around you, you can blossom. But what Dayball is doing in Buffalo right now, the biggest defeat in Bill Belichick tenured history, I think that says
1: something. With authority, baby. Um, Josh, the Oi boy ninety in the house, bona fide super chat superstar. What's good, my friend? He says, just want to say hello, gents, and cheers. Jacob Foster throwing down more stars as Dang well. It. You demand, dude. Um, Josh, tell me what's what's good, bro. Like, what have you been listening to? Uh, what's new? What's what's come out, dude? You, you're probably more in the know than I am. Phil McLaughlin, great show as usual. Thank you, big dog. I've not been a Quinn fan, and after today, he didn't help convince me. I'm tired of defensive head coaches. Through my 50 years of being a Broncos supporter, I seem to remember our most successful seasons under offensive-minded head coaches. Yeah, even Dan Reeves. Pardon me. Believe it or not. Uh, And then uh, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak. The only guy, I mean, Red Miller. I'm trying to remember. What was his? He was a defense guy, right? He was the, oh, man. Now that's going to bother me. Guys, forgive me. If I wasn't under the weather, I would not have to Google what I'm about to Google. Uh, Red Miller, he was offense, all right? So he's not the – so he was an offensive guy before he became head coach. And then you got John Fox, Zach, is the only other head coach besides Gary Kubiak, Mike Shanahan, or Dan Reeves to lead this – or Red Miller to lead this team to a Super Bowl. He was a defensive guy. So four of the five guys who have led your team to the top of the mountain were offensive, like – Josh in, and then we'll we we'll, then we'll grab Josh. We
3: I mean we already you broke down the playoff teams, and most of them are led by offensive minds. I'm just watching this Kansas City game in disbelief. This Pittsburgh team is like destined for greatness, it seems like, Chad. And Big Ben's final year, they're up seven nothing with a watt fumble return touchdown at Kansas City. I don't think that'll hold, but
1: Buffalo could be the AFC pick for the Super Bowl this year. It could be Packers, Bills, Super Bowl. Mastiff, Josh, just speculation. But if Peyton was even thinking of Malik Willis, why wouldn't he have interviewed Dayball or Roman Greg Roman of the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens? I don't think Peyton wants Willis. Hard to say at this point. <clears throat> In fact, I don't think they've really st- right. I don't think George Peyton has studied it all that much right. quite yet. The QB class because he's got fish to fry. He's watched some tape, obviously. He's got he went to a few games this uh college football season, but. He'll roll up his sleeves on the, uh, that front, Zach, once that new head coach is hired. Exactly. And that new head coach is going to be involved exactly. in that, you know, perusal of the class. Man, you're just... It's sticking, by the way, that touchdown. I got
3: nothing to add tonight, Chad. It's true. Whoever is the next head coach, they're going to have major... Especially if it's an offensive mind, they're going to have major input as as to who they would take with a first-round pick, let's say, at quarterback. So, Peyton, he's done, like, due diligence. He's He's seen and scouted personally... I think the six top quarterbacks in, in this year's draft, but like you said, the roll up and sli- roll up your sleeves work, the real nitty gritty work that's to be done at the scouting combine pro days, further evaluation leading up to the draft.
1: Hey, Billy, appreciate the stars. My friend really do. Uh, Travis Tarbox kind of surprised that Dayball or left, did not get interviews. Yeah, it is surprising, uh, especially in, in, uh, comparison to a few of the names that showed up on this list zach that's one of the the best points i think you've made tonight is wait a minute you're not gonna even consider buying dayball you're not even gonna bring in byron leftwich for a scratch and sniff but jonathan gannon a first year young defensive coordinator of a team that was frankly lucky to make the playoffs and got embarrassed round one um who else uh aaron glenn who coordinated a horrible defense in year one. Yes. He's a younger guy with some juice and whatnot, but proof wasn't in the pudding or let me put it this way. The proof was the, whatever proof was in that pudding wasn't anything you want to take home with you back to Denver. Who else am I missing?
3: Uh, Mayo, but I, it could be you. for a DC job. I understood that. from yeah. the Patriot. It's not from
1: a team like the lions or the Eagles though. So we don't know, buddy. It's very, it's, it's questionable. Here's Albert Knoppers, a phenomenal superstar In our community. Also a uh, paid subscriber on Facebook. Appreciate you, bro. Uh, By the way, that was a really weird looking potato that you found that was shaped like a heart. I'm friends with Albert on Facebook. I saw this. He says, Facebook membership should be a go. Great additional shows that you only get when signing up and you help keep the lights on. Smash the like button and share. You're a prince, Albert. My question to you, though, is are you reading along for Broncos Book Club? Slow getting up. Are you reading along? Go get the book by Nate Jackson. Phenomenal book. It's been a lot of fun. This week, Zach, we're actually reading the best chapter in the book entitled Plumber's Crack, which details that whole 2006 season in which Plumber was deposed by a upstart first-round pick, Jay Cutler, despite having the Denver Broncos in the AFC West League. But I just wanted it. to say Plumber's Crack, Jack. I love it. It's, dude, I mean, you know, I'm telling you right now, though. I said this on the podcast. <clears throat> I've read the number of football books I've read from Scheme to biographies and stuff like that. Hands down, the book with the most talented writer, the the guy who puts the words on a page in the most interesting way, his prose, his insights. I mean, just in this last chapter, I'm sitting here reading in the office, reading it because I've read this book twice and it's been like two years since I read it last. So a lot of this stuff, you're kind of, it's like you're reading it for the first time. I laughed out loud or chuckled anyway, three different times, just in that, that chapter, Nate Jackson you know, the he just got uh, a job in the last year or so hosting with the fan. So credit to him, that's great. But dude, this guy should be writing. That's his. That's that's his gift from God, not football, not the microphone. This. That's what. That's what Nate Jackson was born to do. Claude Riley came in late. Was watching Big Ben's retirement party. If only both teams could lose. Ready for some big things coming, whatever they may be. Go Broncos. Zach, do you have an emotional darling that you're kind of pulling for on either uh, conference this year? Um, now that the Cowboys and Broncos, obviously, are not in the conversation.
3: Yeah, I don't know about emotional, but I'd like to see the Bengals. I love Cinderella stories, and I love what Zach Taylor's doing there. I was dead wrong on Joe Burrow, by the way. He's a legit top five franchise guy. I love Jamar Chase and the defense with Trey Hendrickson. I, I, I also like what Green Bay is doing, Matt LaFleur. How well Aaron Rodgers is playing. I, I like him a lot, so uh, I would say out of those conferences, I'm rooting for Green Bay and uh, Cincinnati as my ultra dark horse in the AFC. Uh,
1: where's this comment from uh, KB? Thank you, KB, for this. I'm not reminder. a big Ben fan, so um, I've never, never been a Steelers fan. Either. I want to come back to that topic real quick on a big Ben, but um, thank you for the reminder on this when we're talking about QB development. Skins on the wall. Hackett did get an inexplicable. All right. For those of you who don't have a dictionary at hand, an unexplainable body of work season from Blake Bortles. So he does have a skin on the wall. I'll give that to him. My 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 bad on that. It's it's the virus. But you know what, Zach, let me let me answer my own question. First, I I would I like swan songs as much as I like, um you know, the underdog Cinderella story. Right. So for that matter or for that purpose, I am rooting. I want to see the Bengals or pardon me, the Steelers do well and go as far as they can. If they get eliminated, then I'm throwing in with the Bengals in the AFC. And if they get eliminated, I'm throwing in with the Bills yeah. because the Bills have never won a Super Bowl. been to four, right? Four in a row, the missing rings, dadgummit. Um, I'd like to see someone who's, I'll be thrown in with a team outside of Big Ben, Zach, that has never won it before in the AFC. The NFC, anybody but Brady. That's what I'm saying. Anybody but Brady. I don't care. Anybody but Tom Brady.
3: It was a good day for Broncos country yesterday. In one fell swoop, the Patriots and the Raiders were eliminated from the postseason. So the only thing better or the second thing better to a Broncos win is a Raiders loss, Chiefs loss, Chargers loss, and Patriots loss. I'm a, I am love Josh Allen, too. Another quarterback I was dead wrong on. I'll, I'll, I'll say it right here. And for the reasons we laid out with Sean McDermott, what he's doing, coaching the team, coaching his coaching staff and Brian Dayball. Bengals or Bills in the AFC I'd be happy with.
1: All right, guys, we're probably going to get out of here just a little bit early tonight because uh, I'm a little bit under the weather and it looks like the the uh, Super Chats that we've been able to catch everything. So I'm trying to think if there's anything pressing on the news front. Um, maybe there's one last thing to mention here, Zach, before we dip. And that is George Payton uh, breaking his silence, so to speak, after completing three interviews, and here's what he said. Here's what he told Mike Kliss. Quote, we are pleased with how the process has started. We had three great candidates, three great interviews. They were all smart, had a lot of great ideas, a lot of great information. The league is in good hands with coaches like this. Close quote. So on the surface, you think, ah, he didn't tell you anything. And in many ways, he did not. But there is one thing there that helps you understand why one of the motivations, Zach, for that wide net, and that is intelligence, debriefing. Get as many of these coaches from different corners of the league, uh, you know, doing different things you respect, even if the team's not having great success, might be schematic, might be philosophical, whatever. Get them in and talk to them, sit down and try and see if that, you know, makes sense to you, see if you can maybe weave that into your game. Lots of, that's st- one of the reasons for this, is George Payton really is trying to educate himself on some of the other philosophies out there in the league and, and especially the ones that are, uh, you know, making some, Hey, thank you, Travis. He says, Scott Norwood pulls a Ray Finkel. Yes, indeed. If Scott Norwood misses that kick or doesn't miss that kick, pardon me, does the Ace Ventura movie have the same villain? Laces Probably out, not. Dan. Probably not. Yeah. You know, the thing is, if you
3: compare, it's not just like um, theoretical or hypothetical, what George Payton is, is setting out to do Elway, I think, interviewed four candidates in 2017. It might have been three, three or four.
1: Tobe, Shanahan, and BJ. BJ. That was right. it.
3: Five in 2019. Peyton doubled that to 10 in 2022. So, yeah, he wants to see what's out there. That's just being a good GM, honestly, is, is doing your homework and studying your counterparts. What Maybe I'm reading too much into it, though, but what kind of threw me off was what he said They'll be good for the league as if they wouldn't be good for the Broncos as if Nathaniel Hackett is among the league and not I don't Mm. know maybe interesting I'm being too paranoid but
1: interesting it could be it could be that uh, Peyton liked didn't love those conversations with Nathaniel Hackett or Luke Getzey. Uh, But, Zach, let's bounce on out of here. If you want to go through that rundown, I'll pull up Facebook.
3: Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in with us tonight on the first non-Gut Reaction uh, Sunday podcast in quite a while. Uh, Follow us on Twitter until we see you guys tomorrow for more Aftermath, Reaction to the Broncos coaching search at huddle up podcast, huddle up pod, excuse me, and at Myla Huddle for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, transactions, and more. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you haven't, guys, if you want a football priest hat like Chad's wearing or any other materials that we have in our store, go to huddle and get your swag on. We appreciate all your patronage. Also, Facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button, become a supporter. Chad mentioned Broncos Book Club. We have Trickle Zone and Kelberman's cor- Corner each and every week. Five bucks a month worth every penny. I promise you that. Facebook.com slash Milo Huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page. If you haven't, got to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But please, guys, do these three things above all else. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. Helps us grow and reach more of Broncos
1: country just like you. That's right. I was just looking at a graphic on the screen. How crazy is it that for Patrick Mahomes, 4,800 yards and 37 tutties is kind of like pedestrian numbers for him. Like he's barely getting by on the, from the skin of his teeth. Um, shout out. Here's how we finished on Facebook tonight. Uh, Jacob Foster at the top. Kevin Smith. Wow, thanks, guys. Doug Raquel, Miguel Santistevan, Phil McLaughlin, Andrew Baker, Claude Riley, David Wilder, Jermaine Daughtry. Travis Tarbox, George Fox, Billy Cox, uh, Colby C. Collier, and Travis Weber. Much love and respect to each and every one of you. You got some tickets in the hat for that raffle at the end of the month because I have little doubt we're going to hit the goal. And then here's an update on the January Super Chat Superstar uh, contest. Similar to Facebook, only the difference is we don't really have a goal per se. What we're going to do is the top five finishers, cumulatively on Super Chat in the month of January. Those names go in a hat. Boom, draw one, and that is the winner. They get to pick their own Broncos jersey. The DWI guys at the top, Christopher Gaspari, has leapfrogged all the way, Zach, to number two up in Canada. The Duchess at three, uh, Robbie Nunzi at four, and then the God King, Mark Langley, a.k.a. Mark from Georgia, at five, and then just a few of the names just outside, like D-Dub, Vincent, Naj, Sam Bam, Tony D-A-Dub, Casey Nickel, et cetera. So as Zach mentioned, we love you. We appreciate you. Wouldn't be here literally without your support. So thank you for helping us get the lights on. Thank you for contributing to the conversation. That's, I mean, Zach, I don't know about you, but I always had a lot of fun turning on a microphone, hitting record on Skype, and you and I just talking football and then putting an intro and an outro and going we about our that. business. We did that. It's crazy. That was fun. Don't get me wrong. Lifetime but ago. It pales in comparison to the uh, enjoyment that we get, um, the edification that we get talking with y'all every single night. It's not just Zach and I, it's, it's all of us together. So thank you. That's right. Chad, you mentioned Mahomes' INTs. How many? Seven,
3: you said, he has this year? Uh,
1: Eleven? I missed that part. You want me to Google it real quick? I'm just,
3: I was just thinking to myself, like, he's pedestrian, when, but when you factor in that half his receivers dropped balls and they led to those interceptions, like, it's a skewed metric. But that's why he's a unicorn, if that's a down thir- year for thir- him.
1: Thirteen picks, which is a career high.
3: And that would have been six if Tyreek Hill could catch half of those passes. But so it happens in this Pittsburgh-Kansas City
1: game. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning with us tonight, Chad. Zach, by the way, I'm surprised they're not running him out of Kansas City. I yeah. mean, those are only two off of what Drew Locke threw last right. year. And let us not forget, man, he was tied for the league lead with 15 picks. Like whew, Mahomes is lucky they didn't run him out of town. Did you just compare Drew Locke to Patrick Mahomes, Chad? Oh, my God. Oh,
3: my God to be canceled Chad feel better though buddy for real Uh, Scott have a good night everyone have a good night have a great rest of your weekend great rest of your Sunday take care and as always go Broncos
2: you've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going
0: getting that just right temperature